Hello, it is risk-free, same-game parlay, Thursday Night Football, Thursday, October 7th. 7th. Got a good show for you today. Can't wait for you to potentially love it. And if you do, be a friend, tell a friend. And if you don't, just act like it never happened. All right, no big deal. We've got a massive Thursday Night Football lineup. We talk about NFC and AFC baseball. I mean, let's have a goddamn show, shall we, Ty? Let's get to this thing. Thursday Night Football matchup that we have been waiting for for some time. An NFC West clash in Seattle. My risk-free same-game parlay for this game will be coming out in the coming moments. This is the week that we will take millions and millions of dollars from FanDuel together in a risk-free option in which you have to opt in, but once you do so, a $10 bet will probably turn into up over $140. Whoa! We had the official council have an official vote in the majority voted, it was not a clean no. sweep. I will say there was a little bit of contention, but <laughs> the majority of the council did vote, and we got this same game parlay figured out this morning. I believe both offenses are going to do well. I believe both quarterbacks are going to do well. I believe with that being said, you also got to think about the Seattle Seahawks run game against uh, the Los Angeles Rams defense, who is good, but against the run stats say not that fantastic. Mm. They could move to three-point favorites. In Seattle, there's a lot to chat about. I think the Rams are going to win tonight, but we will have to talk about all of that uh, as these hours unfold. No A.J. Hawk today, but we have some incredible guests. A.J.'s at a black tie affair, hoity-toity, high fluting around somewhere, shaking hands, kissing babies, doing what he has to do, what seems to be every other day at this. Yeah, for Yeah. We need somebody doing that type of stuff, though, because we ain't ever going to be those types of people. Sure. No, that makes sense. You know, because we have a show every single day. Have a job. But when AJ shows up, it is a joy. It is a presence. It is a state of mind that we will not be able to find today because AJ won't be here. He's at an event. We will miss him. We have Justin Tucker joining us in about 10 minutes from now. We'll chit-chat with him about his Monday Night Football matchup coming up against the Colts, who are hot. Yeah. Very hot. Getting it going. Not that the Ravens aren't, or this guy isn't. 50 for 50 in his uh, last 50 field goals in fourth quarter. Is that good? I think like 27 of them, maybe more than 40 yards. I, I forget. I just saw the Damn. incredible graphic that Dirty put together for us, uh, drawn to the game here in the office has been quite a weapon. There is a graphic that we have about Justin Tucker's stats. Yeah, here we go. 50 straight field goals made in the fourth quarter of overtime. 21 of it, 27. God, because the seven's yeah, right below yeah. it. Yeah. Come on, dude. 21 of 50 have been from 40-plus yards. 7 of 50 from 50-plus. Never missed a kick in the final minute of regulation, 18 for 18 or whatever, 16 for 16. Uh, 66-yard game winner and new NFL record. uh, Longest field goal in NFL history. Fucking robot of a man. Not too shabby. That's wild. Can't wait to chat with him in about 10 minutes. We'll uh, we'll ask him, you know, do you have feelings? Oh, okay. Like, you know, do you have emotions? Mm-hmm. Are you just a stone cold killer at all times? He has obviously a beautiful family, but I don't know how he goes about flipping that switch and just never seeming to be off. Can't wait to chat with him. In that same game, he kicked a 66 yarder. He actually missed one earlier. Mm. And it was 
alarming to me. I was like, what the fuck just happened? In a dome. I thought he was sick. I thought something was wrong. And then at the end of that game, he kicked the longest field goal in the history of the NFL. <laughs> yeah. No big deal. Of course, because he never misses. Ian Rappaport will join us for a wrap-up of the week. Mm -hmm. I for, I remembered to text him this morning. That's awesome. Go. Last week, I had forgot. This week, we're back on track. Ian Rappaport, host of the weekly wrap-up with Rap Sheet and Friends. Oh, yeah. We would be the friends because his original podcast, Rap Sheet and Friends, got canceled because yes. we do believe the and Friends had a little bit of a disagreement with Rap Sheet. That's right. Dished him. And the NFL put him on hiatus, and they're never going to deem it to return. Yeah. No way. And then Jeff Saturday will join us in the third oh, hour. Okay. Yeah, plus your phone calls, one 833 4 on the 5-Hour Energy phone line. Can't wait to chat with you about your thoughts about our same-game parlay, the big-time, big-time game tonight uh, in the NFL. And uh, anything about our guests, Atone Diggs is here, the host of Hammer Down, which went undefeated last night. Clean sweep in the Mega Bowl by the Hammer Don. First five, your bet. Uh, Mitt said, I'm only watching the first inning. Had a run scored in there. Gumpy had one overall. I mean, you guys are hot. You have been in baseball this entire season. Now that baseball is more on the forefront for two days because the Mega Bowls that take place. First, the AFC Baseball Mega Bowl, where we learned that the Boston Red Sox will move along because the New York Yankees stink at baseball. Hell yeah. Then in the NFC uh, Baseball Mega Bowl last night, mm -hmm. we learned that the Dodgers will go on in a thrilling a thrilling ending. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Mega Bowl lived up to its hype. One game will decide whether or not you get to continue after 162 have already been played. This one nine-inning set, set for extra innings if we need it, this one game will determine whether or not your season was a failure or a success. This one game, Mega Bowl, will decide whether or not your season, which is already too long, is extended Mm -hmm. or your season that has been so damn long is over and you get to go fishing. Ooh. One game gets to decide all those things. What will Legacy made in last night? Bottom of the ninth, huh? Oh, yeah. After Max got pulled way too early. Way that, too early. Oh, as too I was early. watching, I'm like, hey, hey, let, the, let, the, let the big dog eat yeah, out yeah. there. Yeah. What are we talking about? This is the mega ball. What Come are we pulling on. Max out in the fourth inning? What are we doing after the fourth inning, right? Why are yeah, we pulling Max and out? Four and yeah. third, yeah. Yeah, and then all the things start happening, you know, and the cards are doing their thing. They're yeah. playing baseball. I'm like, holy shit, these teams are really showing out here for the Mega Bowl. This is electrifying baseball. And then the bottom of the ninth, old, uh, uh, when, um, uh, when old buddy fucking... Home run in a massive spot guy. You know. Fucking stepped into mm -hmm. that batter's box. We all knew. Mm -hmm. When when Cuzzy with the with the Cuzzy uh Chris Joseph Taylor. Taylor Chris, Chris Taylor. Chris Taylor. <laughs> oh yeah. When Chris Taylor <laughs> stepped into that Appreciate you, Zeke. We tried. You know what I mean? We tried. Zeke and I had a little I bit of a... I tried finding We tried, too. yeah, yeah. And he uh, he came in with the... Uh, Extra pickles. <laughs> That's what happened that. So I heard... Uh, I, I, I heard... Uh, I was too excited yeah, to say it. Good. My mouth literally went over the mic. Yeah, that was a BK Lounge callback. But in my ear, literally, I heard... Drew <laughs> Taylor. So I, I... But I think I heard an S in there. But I appreciate uh, you, Zeke. Hey, yeah, hey Zeke. You're amazing back there. Thank, Thank you, baby. Thank you, guys. But when Chris Taylor fucking swung that bad, oh. and, it, there's nothing like that feeling, you know? I mean, there's not. There is in football and mm -hmm. many of the other sports sure. as well, but th that is just a much different one. 
You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And last night, I, I don't think anybody could say the NFC Mega Bowl didn't live up to the hype. Am I right or am oh, I yeah, wrong? At Ty Schmidt I mean, and at Boston Connor, big-time baseball fans. Nothing better than a walk-off dinger to to win a Mega Bowl, you know? And their prize, their second-best team in baseball this year record-wise. Now they got to go play the best team in baseball huh. record-wise. So a lot of people are saying that about the Dodgers. Not really fair, but I'll tell you what, both Mega Bowl games, just great. Great yeah. for baseball. No Hold better on. time than right now. Hold on. So the Dodgers had the second-best record mm-hmm. in baseball? Why are they playing in the Mega Bowl? Because the team in their division has the best record in baseball. Whoa. So, so baseball stinks even more than I thought. Yeah. It's like it goes to Baseball winners. stinks even more than I thought. There was a chance that the second-best team in baseball – wasn't going to make it in after 162 games. The second best team in baseball wasn't going to make it in because of one nine inning thing. When I thought the entirety of the season is such a big deal, wow! And they're the favorites to win the World Series, actually. Yes, baseball's the best. Dude. The Mega Bowl, baby. Hey, baseball's like uh, those restaurants that have their best seller not on the menu. Oh yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Well, actually, it's just like football because Washington hosts the Bucks last year because they won that shitty uh, division. True, but there was never a question if the Bucks were going to get in or not. Correct. You yeah. know what I mean? The, yeah. the, the, that was all thing. And, and this year with the extra, with the extra team, I think right? Don't they have no, started no, last year? Started last year yeah. with the extra game seventeen or whatever the case is. Uh, for, whenever that happens. And you have 17-game season. Now there's a chance, like the NFC West, we're going to see two of their Titans clash. There's a chance three of them are going to make it in. And then obviously whichever division is going to be the worst, you know, whichever one it's going to be. A lot of people say maybe AFC South. I don't be the AFC East too. Might be the again. Uh, no, never, well, never, never been that way. Yeah. Never been that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but anyways, baseball stinks now, right? It's over. Yeah. Mega Bowls happened. I now mean, we're done. The Mega Bowls are over, unfortunately. But you know, I mean, I Gumpy Red Sox. Yeah. They play tonight. Oh yeah. Oh, there's baseball tonight. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. It's the best baseball today. day of the year. There's four games, all right back to back, all playoff games. It's the best baseball day of the year. Tomorrow is March Madness for baseball. Yes. Wow. Let's go. What times that start? Uh, two, I think. This is awesome. And then Friday, Friday night SmackDown, obviously. Yeah, yeah. so I can eight o'clock. That game's done. Whatever yeah. baseball teams are playing against that. Dodgers and Giants, they stink. So yeah, yeah, see yeah, you yeah. Later, Second TBS. best record in baseball versus the best record in baseball. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a pretty big game. Yeah, but they stink or whatever. Yeah, the case is. no one's gonna watch. Is when's Joe Buck start calling every game? Uh, FS1 has a game tomorrow or tonight. FSN FS1 has both games tonight. So is that think? Joe then, or is that uh, somebody else? You would think it would be Because remember, they always have that graphic where Joe's flying around. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right, Joe's doing Thursdays. Joe's doing baseball. Joe's doing Sunday. Come aboard the Buck plane. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it was it's always very, very impressive. But that's whenever I'm reminded, like, oh, these games matter because Joe Buck's calling them. Is True. that just the World Series? And how many divisions? How, how many rounds do it until we get to that? Well, we're in the divisional round right now. And then the championship mm-hmm. round. And, and then, then the World, World Series. Series. Okay. But I think Adam Amin might be calling one of those games as well. I know Let's he's, go. Yeah, he's got a couple yes. high-profile uh, baseball games this year, so he might be part of that package. Congrats to Adam Amin, mm-hmm. by the way. Hard-earned. Does Buck guy. have the football game tonight? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's probably, yeah, he probably yeah. has Rams Seahawks. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, he has Rams Seahawks. But I'm talking about whenever he starts calling baseball, that's why I know it matters. Oh, mm-hmm. well, whenever the Sox are playing, aside from tonight, is when Buck's calling baseball again. Oh, you're talking about World Series. <laughs> yeah, well, or Saturday night. Just because we got a game tonight, take a day off, then the Sox are right back at it. And these are best of fives in the uh-huh, divisional yes. round. Smart, by the way. This is an intelligent move. Did, yeah. ba- did basketball do this as well? No. They're best of seven all the way they through? They used to. Then they changed it. It used to be first first round was five games. Then they changed it to seven a few years back. And that's just because – and this is real in the NBA. I think 
players know this as well. The NBA playoffs are always on national television. Always. And they are so long. They're a season in of themselves. That is what people remember as the NBA is just the playoffs. Like, if you lose in the first round of the playoffs, I think the uh, idiot fans, myself included, would be like, yeah, bad year for – I mean, yeah. we only saw oh, them yeah. for, what, five games or whatever. They were out there because those are so, so long. Baseball acknowledging that the game is incredibly long already. People are having a tough time staying awake through these entire baseball yeah. games. What are we going to do? Shorten it down to five. That's smart. That's good baseball. That is very, very smart. I like what they Yeah, do. you would think the NBA was going to go back to the five games just because. Come on. You know, no, the they point? want more, by the way. Oh, yeah. Remember, yeah. they want more because that's when the only time most people watch is the playoffs. The playoffs. Yeah. yeah. Same with That's when all the superstars are there. That's, that's right. right. Speaking of superstars, here's a guy who has become an absolute household name and a legend with his right leg. Ooh. Yeah, used to be down in a hook'em country. Mm-hmm. I got a chance to see him at a college football camp, and he was bombing balls and swagged out. And I said, I love this guy. <laughs> He uh, has always had a massive leg now. It is inked in history that he has the longest field goal in the history of the NFL at 66 yards. Ladies and gentlemen, the Baltimore Ravens kicker, all-pro Justin Tucker. What's up, dude? What's up, Pat? Hey, what an that, intro, man. Thanks for having me. Hey, you deserve it. Is that your actual locker, and is it always that clean? Is that real right there? No, no, absolutely not. So, like, <laughs> our media relations guys have this whole – uh, studio setup. So, I mean, yeah, we got like, uh, we Ooh, got Lamar Mars Jackson's fake and, jersey. We got yeah. my fake jersey. We got, uh, we got Marlin. Hey, shout out. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, we've got like a, we got like actually a pretty sweet setup in here, but definitely not my real locker. My real locker is quite messy. Um, I know where everything is, but if somebody else came in trying to find anything, it would be it would be a mess. Bingo. I mean, look at my desk. I mean, I, <laughs> this is probably worse than your locker, if I had to guess. It's, but I, It's fine. Yeah, it's but fine. I know where everything's at, Tuck, all right? And when A.J. Hawk comes in here, he ruins it, demolishes oh. it. That's neither here nor there. Let's talk about you having your own locker and the media set up as a kicker, especially at this stage with how great you are. Harbaugh, on, in the press conference after the game, said something along the lines of, when you got – Lamar Jackson and you got Justin Tucker like these are decisions you make or something like that. something along the lines of when he was talking about his star players the kicker got announced and I think everybody is completely okay with that because of how impressive you have been I just want to let you know congrats on fucking changing the game yeah. all right that's real hey, C- congrats hey, you on know that. it's always it's always love for the brand man and uh we're we're lucky here in Baltimore to have a, a head coach John Harbaugh with a special teams background who uh, appreciates that, uh, you know, the guys who swing their leg around and match foot to leather, they can change oh. games and uh, they can be they can be important um, at the exact same time. You know, I, I do understand that my role is limited compared to the real superstars like the Lamar Jacksons and, the, you know, the Marlon, the Marlon Humphreys and the Tyus Bowsers and everybody else with the, the, the fake lockers in the, uh, the media studio. Um, but uh, no, man, we're we're just we're we're really just having a great time right now. We're 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 enjoying the ride. We're uh, you know we're building some some momentum right now, and it's exciting to be a part of. Yeah, and I understand you you acknowledge the fact that you only have a certain amount of plays in a game, right? That is something you have to, which people don't realize 
That means if you're doing good, cool, you could potentially cool off. But if you're doing bad, you just have to sit and wait for your opportunity to make up for it. And I know it's a couple weeks removed from it, but that miss early in that uh, against Detroit, I don't know if you saw it, I actually tweeted, like, I thought you were potentially hurt. I thought something was happening. It, <laughs> it, then you had to sit on that for a bit. It, that doesn't happen to you often. Was there anything that happened in that miss? Because I thought you were potentially going to go on IR because that is not what the machine <laughs> Justin Tucker does. As much as I'd like to uh, emulate a, a, a jugs machine out there, the reality is that you know if you play long enough, you're gonna miss a, you're gonna miss one or two here or there. I'd um, say, yeah. <laughs> I, it just so happened to be my. I found out after the fact. It just so happened to be my first miss in a indoors in my NFL career. So it only took me ten years. So I feel halfway decent about that, <laughs> and I feel better about it because I got a chance to make up for it at the end of the game. Um, but yeah, you're totally right, man. Like if you have a, if you have a bad ball and you do have a limited number of opportunities to begin with, um, just, just sitting with that energy for, uh, however long it can be, it can be terrible. Um, but that's, I mean, dude, that's a part of it and you know, it. it's just, uh, one of those things you just got to adapt and overcome and, uh, not get too, uh, you know, too high with the, the stuff that, that goes well and not get too low when it doesn't. So, um, you know, just to, just to be able to bounce back, so to speak, from uh, an early struggle in that, that game uh, and then, you know, go on and make the rest of our kicks, that's definitely, um, that, you know, I, I, say it's, I say it's part of it, but it is, uh, you know, it's, it's rewarding at the same time. Yeah, it's amazing, especially whenever allegedly uh, the longest you went in warm-ups was 65, which is hysterical, by the way, that you're still going from 65 in every warm-up. I love that. Keep it fucking going. You, that, you have to. you got to test the range. And I love that uh, you peppered in allegedly into that. Very, very well done. Well, little, little Easter egg. Well, I wanted to let people know that I don't know if you were saying that that was all you had or whatever, and you found an extra yard and a half or whatever, but I've seen you just demolish footballs. But in games, so much has to go right for it to go through. And I think that is why it's so impressive that you hit from 66. That has to be a pure, perfect stroke. And uh, the ability to adjust and have the little kickoff step on there, it's unbelievable what you did out there, dude. Legit. Yeah, man. Um, I appreciate you saying all that, man. And, like, it's, it's cool to – to you know, hear somebody else dive into the nuance of how to get a ball to travel as far as we were able to, and I emphasize we. You know, like Nick Moore, by the way, uh, his first game-winning field goal snap. Hey, here we go, Nick. Here we go, Nick. Perfect strike. Uh, Twelve o'clock laces. Sam. Sam Cook is Sam Cook. He. The you know, uh, just nails as always, and then. Um, you know, we, we joke about it, but the ball can just sit up there for forever and the ball could kick itself. Uh, now, when you're 66 yards away, you got to find a, a little bit, you got to dig a little bit deeper to find just a little bit something to get the ball to go. Um, and uh, yeah, like the, the, the kickoff approach uh, or the, the, the modified kickoff approach with the swing where I land on my kicking foot and not my plant with the, the skip that. Uh, you know, a lot of you, you see a lot of kickers execute. All of them. Um, that's that's something that has kind of been in the back of my mind for uh, you know a little over a year. I'd, I I was just messing around on field three uh, in practice. You know, in a on like a cooler day. Um, you know, maybe like last year. And you know, when it, when the 
the when the weather starts to shift and it starts getting colder, the ball just simply doesn't go as far. It's less elastic. The air is, you know, just different. Um, so finding a way to get the ball to go when you absolutely need to, like at, i.e. the or like for example at the end of a game, um, you know, 66. down by two, you got to have it, and you're 66, 67, <laughs> however many yards away. You, you know, it, it's kind of a toss up between. Uh, are you going to throw a throw a ball into the end zone, or are you going to you know let me just lay away into one? And if I'm being sent out there, it's for the express reason of making the kick. Like it's because they believe I can do it. Um, even if I don't know if I can do it myself, I just have to convince myself that I'm going to get this ball there one way or another, and yeah, it's um, gonna make it. or at least give it a chance. And you know, you know, that's ex- I mean that's exactly what we did the uh, the other week in Detroit. Man, that's awesome to hear the little nuances behind it because you had that little skip step in there. And then last week you were in Denver, and everybody's excited to go to Denver if you kick balls. I mean, let alone if you're coming fresh off of a longest NFL kick in history or whatever. I mean, you probably feel pretty good going in there. I think they had video of you going from 72 or 70 or something like that. How was the interaction with McManus? How was the interaction with McManus in warm-ups? Oh, it's cool, man. Uh, Brandon's, Brandon's a good dude. He's an excellent kicker. Um, and, uh, to, you know, to, to get to slap hands with, with the guy and just, you know, kind of share a moment in pregame, he, he offered his congratulations for what we were able to do the the previous week. And I just said to him, listen, man, it could have been any of us, you know, like there's, there's a, there's a handful of guys out there that have the ability to launch the ball. And, uh, sometimes it is right place, right time. Uh, like you said a little bit ago, you know, everything kind of just has to line up perfectly the stars have to align so to speak so uh, I mean I already mentioned Nick Moore threw back a perfect snap everybody up front just held it together for you know a a little bit longer than uh, you know they they normally would have to Uh, so we got that ball off in 1.4 seconds as opposed to our usual 1.3 ish Um, Sam puts down a perfect spot and then uh, you know, I'm just able to lay away into the ball, but there are there are a handful of guys that have the ability to make a kick from that distance. It's just a matter of I happen to be in the the you know the 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 right place, right time, and uh, you know I've maybe I found a little bit of uh, uh, divine intervention somewhere in there to just get that ball to go. But um, you know, Brandon, <laughs> Brandon Brandon and I had a had a nice moment just you know talking about it before the game McManus is a big ball hitter and everybody says well he's a big ball hitter because he's in Denver it's like no that dude's a big ball hitter no matter where No, he you can just crush the ball yeah he, he can fucking slaughter the ball you know so and I know <laughs> there's a lot of guys that have those you know big balls that they say like I wish I had the opportunity to get one I wish I had the opportunity to get one I got a 64 yard opportunity in preseason fourth quarter to end it hadn't uh Hadn't kicked a field goal yet all training camp. I got to, I got to watch that one live in person. That was uh, with the, against the Baltimore Ravens at Indianapolis. I remember that. I didn't. I tried yeah. to not remember it. I, <laughs> man, I tried to not remember it because I, I would knew I was not like I'm never going to get that opportunity again. You know, and I was so angry about it. And that's like it was a preseason game. So watching you go out and execute in the biggest moment, in the biggest opportunity. Like is cool, and that leads me to this next question, right? And it's nice that you have acknowledged that other people could hit from there. And I think Vinatieri has said like, there's a lot of kickers that 
could have made the kicks that I have made or whatever, you know, the, the conference championship games, the Super Bowl games, but he just so happened to have those opportunities and he came through on them, right? Like that is, that's the thing. Like everybody could make those kicks. Will you when the time comes? Maybe, but when you get your opportunity, do you go through it? Do you listen to the goat talk between you and Adam Vinatieri? Because the shit in the resume that you're putting together, if I was you, it'd be hard not to be like, yeah, I'm the fucking guy. But I think we all have a massive amount of respect for Vinatieri. I know I do. But do you hear that stuff? Do you even get involved in those conversations? And have you talked to Adam Vinatieri much? I mean, sure, you, you hear it. You're somewhat aware. Um, but I also don't really care. Like, I'm just, uh, I'm along for the ride, man. I'm trying to be present. I'm trying to enjoy each and every moment with my teammates, with my friends, with my coaches. Um, oh, yeah, I like that. And then, um, be here now, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> It, but uh, you know, there's uh, that, that's for everybody else out there to concern themselves with. I don't really care. I, what I will say is that Vin has uh, the the greatest resume. He he has had the he had the greatest career that any specialist has ever had. Uh, and like you mentioned, like anybody could anybody could have made those massive kicks that he made time and time again. How many guys out there have the ability to uh, just the ability to do it? Yeah. Many, many. Um, but there are a very select few people that are blessed with the mind that you know that Adam has. Uh, and I'd like to think I you know I have I have that as well. Um, but it's also something that isn't just um, I don't know. It's not just some some God given gift. It's something that you do have to you know, work at and, uh, you know, and it, it's, it's something you have to embrace. I don't, I, I don't know if I'm making sense at this point, no, but it's you just, are. Yeah. it's just, you know, the, the guy is so accomplished for, you know, the reason for, for so many reasons. Uh, the biggest ones are, uh, he's an, he's an amazing athlete and what's between his ears is absolutely special. Justin, isn't that something that I think has only really recently come into full conversation? Because you and I, I mean, you longer than me, obviously, 10 years in the NFL, also in college at Texas, you see a lot of guys that could be great football players. Like, oh my God, fast, fast, and great hands. For whatever reason, in between their ears, they just couldn't figure it out. The brain separates the average from good and the good from the great and then the great from the elite. And there's just levels to that thing. And what you're referring to is something that I've talked about is whenever we went out for a game winner or a big kick with Adam Vinatieri, the first time I went out there, I remember it like it was yesterday because normally I would be the one trying to keep it loose. I'm just the caddy out there. Hey, this is what we're going to do. Let's go ahead and do this thing. Let's keep it moving. We went out there for like a game tire or a game winner. I forget what it was. And I was like, all right, old man, you fucking ready to go or whatever. And I look at him and it was literally just as if his soul had left the body, his body. I had no idea. <laughs> I had no idea what was going on. I was like, oh my God. And I like looked back and he wasn't even there. Ball goes through and it wasn't until like the fist pump that he even realized, I think, that he was in society still. You know what I mean? Like I think he was checked <laughs> out that entire time. But that ability to flip the switch and focus in, I think it was very like, I just learned something that you do have to continue to work on that and continue to evolve on that. Have you always had that? Because I wanted to ask you earlier, like, do you not have any feelings, emotions? Like, is that just something you can go into? How do you, how do you separate the moment? Cause you're, I'm not going to say it cause there's like, you know, you don't want to talk to somebody in the middle of a perfect game, but your whole career has been a fucking perfect game. Basically your record in fourth quarters right now is stupid. And especially in the last minute, is that flip of a switch always every kick or is there something different about those? 
I mean, you know, yes and no. I mean, there's to, to be perfectly honest, the there is a different feeling, a different vibe between a PAT in the first quarter and then a walk-off winner in the fourth. Um, and you mentioned emotions and feelings and thoughts. Um, I, you know, I don't think that it's quite that you have to uh, compartmentalize or ignore them and then put them away. I think it's more important to uh, em- embrace um, and acknowledge that you're feeling any which way, um, whether it's confident, nervous, uh, excited, thankful for the opportunity, um, or even outright scared. And I've said this before, it's always about focusing on the action and not the consequence. It's always about seeing the ball come off my foot, uh, seeing the snap, picking out the dimples on the back of the ball, the back seam of the ball with my eyes that I'm going to match up that uh, that big bone coming from my my big toe, how I'm going to match that up to that sweet spot on the ball to send it end over end through the uprights. And then after the fact, I'll allow myself to enjoy the moment. Um, you know, but while you're actually kicking the ball, you know, that 1.3 seconds between the snap of the hold and the kick, and then, you know, the several seconds leading up to it, you can feel any which way, but your feelings don't matter. In, in, unless you let them negatively, um, I just I, I just have you know been working on um, you know that that's that's been part of I would say my evolution from you know uh, uh, as from being a decent kicker in college to a good kicker early in my career to you know as great. consistent yeah, as great. we are now. Yeah, is, yeah. You know, th- there I think the difference lies in. Um, you know, like every little detail. And, you know, we talk about all the, the technical stuff that happens, um, you know, on the field and with your body athletically. But then there's also, um, you know, uh, I, I think uh, I, I think Brandon McManus even said it last week or, you know, or somewhat. Oh, no, McManus. Oh, no. McManus about it's 90 percent mental. Oh, and then nice. the other 10 percent is mental. <laughs> we actually got it. You broke up a little bit. Then we heard the quote, 90% of it's mental. And then the other 10% of it's mental as well. Yeah, exactly. Gosh, these, can we do something about the Wi-Fi? No, yeah, <laughs> well, they got too many fake lockers around there. You know yeah. what I mean? It's hurting the, the conversation, but you crushed it here, man. And uh, you crush it on the field. So incredibly proud. The boys have a couple questions for you. Is that all right? Absolutely, yeah. I got a, I got just a couple more minutes, and then I got to run out onto the field. So, yeah, let's, let's fire when ready. Nah, nah, go do practice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Important. Hey, actually, playing the Colts. <laughs> oh, Sam. Uh, <laughs> we got a couple more. All right, we got to No, I'm joking. Uh, get back to practice. We appreciate you so much for taking some time. Thank you for allowing us a little bit of insight on why you are, how successful you are. It's unbelievable. Uh, to hear, actually. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. Kicker for the Baltimore Ravens Super Bowl champion, All Pro. Justin Tucker. Yeah, Justin! Now that the world's opening back up, so many new thrills are on the horizon. Okay. And whether you've been in a relationship for years or just getting started, we're excited to get back out there and meet new people. Hell yeah. When the moment comes, it's not come too quick. Oh, <laughs> oh here we go. That is not what they had in their copy. Okay. They should. (laughs) That was, I think they're going in a different direction. So let's go back a sentence or two. Okay. Okay. When you, when the moment comes, 
you want to be ready. Hell That's yeah. true. Yeah. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for erectile dysfunction, Ooh. all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Once you take care of that, though, you get the Roman swipes, and guess what? Ha! Lasts a long time. Banging it, banging it, banging it. Yeah, it's yeah. Pete Alonzo at the all <laughs> yes. at the home run derby. Boom. That's right. Dingers. Downtown. Bingo. Dave Population you, dude. Hell yeah. Roman ready equals confidence. The confidence that you know you can rise to the occasion in the moment. We're looking at the Summer of Love 2021 version, and Roman wants to make sure you can participate in your way. Whether that be as a single person or a couple who would still rather stay in with each other, a U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you for free with two-day shipping. Okay. That's huge. Free? The shipping's free. Wow. I believe. Not the... Not the yeah, medication. Free no. two-day shipping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, go to GetRoman.com slash McAfee today, and if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of ED treatment. Okay. That's G-E-T-R-O-M-A-N.com slash M-C-A-F-E-E. And if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of erectile dysfunction treatment. Make sure you're ready to have the confidence and control this summer. Roman ready. Go now. Win so much money from FanDuel tonight uh, while watching this NFC West Thursday night football clash of the Titans. Rams traveling to Seattle to play against Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll, and the Seahawks, who have been an interesting team to watch. Obviously, this past offseason, it was was it was, what it was. We do not need to uh, bring that back up. No, 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 no point. Because we are Russell Wilson fans now. Oh, yeah. After watching Russell Wilson on Monday Night Manning, I actually said I will now be betting on this particular guy moving forward. Sure. Then they started losing games. <laughs> yeah. Okay? And then they get the win back this past weekend. What are they going to be, especially playing against a team like the Rams who are stacked, packed, maxed out. Yeah. yeah. Right. Salary cap-wise. Truly. <laughs> they got a lot of superstars. I mean, yeah. they, they absolutely are top to bottom a blockbuster squad in Los Angeles. Whenever they play, it is a festival. Everybody comes out to watch them. I'm not saying they're titled the greatest show on turf just yet, but Matthew Stafford, the weapons they have, the defensive studs that they have, Johnny Hacker bombing ball. I mean, that team is built to try to win this year. So this would be a game that they would have to win in doing so. They just lost last week at home against the Cardinals, a division rival already 0-1 or whatever in the division. Now what will they do going to Seattle on Thursday night football with Seattle wearing the neon greens. Um, Joining me just like every other hour at the, the, the toxic table at Ty Schmidt and at Boston Connor. Uh, last night, obviously, NFC baseball mega bowl happened. Right, yeah. We talked enough about that in the first hour because old cuz Joey Taylor last uh-huh. night, bottom of the ninth. Chris Taylor. Chris Taylor, bottom of the ninth, hits that homer and propels the Dodgers past the mega bowl into the actual dance. That's right. Second best uh, record in the MLB this year. Almost got knocked out in a one-game thing in which they pulled their stud in after a four and one-thirds. Yes. Mm-hmm. Anyways, but tonight's game. Thursday night football, a couple snoozers. Okay? Yeah. Usually. Now, granted, the game was good in the end. Got good late. 
got good late, but the buildup is like, okay, these teams, who cares? Yeah. yeah. Tonight, two teams that we all expect to potentially go on a run, especially out of that NFC West that might have three teams that make the playoffs if they can't cannibalize each other enough to kind of make this whole thing happen. Big time game on Thursday Night Football. Is this Matthew Stafford bouncing back in your eyes, Ty? Ooh. Or is this Russell Wilson continuing to make primetime magic? His stats in primetime are like 24-8-1 and one or something like that, or 24-8-1. Is that what it was? I forget exactly what it was. Really? Really good and then Matthew Stafford's like seven and fourteen. Now that's because a lot of those games, I assume Thanksgiving maybe and there it is. some other games. Sunday he, night games, Monday he, night games against the Packers. Thursday night yeah. games, he was the Detroit Lions. Yeah. Uh so now who knows what you can say about those stats. How do you see the night going, Tush man? I don't know. Like you said, it's it is tough to bet against Russell Wilson at home, especially when he's a dog. Um I, I don't know. I, I just want to see a lot of points because, like you, like you were saying, like this, it has a Sunday night football feel. It like does. It, it, this feels like a hey, this massive is a game. Sunday game on a Thursday. It really, right. it really is. And I mean, you don't want to say that if like Seattle loses tonight, they're screwed in the long run. But with how competitive that division is, like they, you could argue like they have to win this game tonight. Like the Rams. If they lose one more, I mean, we think they'll be there. Like, we really still don't know what Seattle is. Like, they've looked good a couple weeks. They've looked bad a couple weeks. But this isn't the division where you can, like, lose these divisional games and get stacked up with how good the Cardinals have looked. I mean, the Niners, who knows, without Jimmy G. But then the Rams, you know, people calling them the Super Bowl favorites as well. Yeah, and it's it's one of those games where, although we're only in week five, I think there's going to be some statements made. To oh, me. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Like the the Belichick Brady Bowl, it had build up because it was going to be talked about forever. Yeah, and a lot of the build up involved thinking that the Buccaneers are just going to blow out the Patriots. So much so that I think Patriots fans even might have expected it because of the roster disparity and also all the storylines potentially going into it and the things that were being said by people that have been debunked by the actual people that things were being said about. But I think that build up was hey the conversation is going to be one that is held forever about this game. Yes. And it came down to thrilling fashion, obviously. Mm-hmm. This game tonight, I think people are thinking, and the buildup is, hey, these are two really fucking good teams. Yeah. These, two, these are one of the two teams who might go in the NFC here. Right. Now, granted, you got to get past the Bucks, which uh, the Rams were able to do a couple weeks ago, but they would have to do it when it matters or whatever. But these two teams tonight I'm excited about. I think we're going to see a show. I think tonight is going to be a show. I'm, I'm betting on it, actually, with my same-game parlay. Overs for Russell Wilson and Matthew Stafford. I think the Rams get a win I think Collins will run one in and I think Cooper Cup will score because that seems to be the favorite target of every quarterback that has Cooper Cup on the team is Cooper Cup is the favorite target for whatever reason whether it's because he's an incredible route runner oh. or a lunch pail type of guy sure. first one in last one out type yeah. of guy a hard hat guy coach's son guy I mm-hmm. mean all those things potentially why but also might be because that dude's a fucking stud when he's healthy yeah excited to watch tonight at Tone Diggs what's all the money doing is there a lot of dancing with us or against us in the uh, in the money in the money world of eighty five percent of the money is on the Rams. Uh, fuck. Um, no, it's because us. Yeah, yeah, it's because us. Yep. Obviously, seventy percent of the money is on the over. It's gone from forty eight to fifty four, so that's moved six points. There, I do think the offenses are going to have their way tonight. Uh, it's just what defense can possibly make a few plays, and the Rams have the better getting to the quarterback D line. So maybe it's the Rams that make some plays, get off the field a little bit. Yeah, and Jalen floating around. You know, yeah. Russell Wilson was able to display his incredible intelligence on Monday Night Manning that first week in the fourth quarter when he and Peyton 
I don't want to say they were jousting, but almost they were having a conversation amongst each other about what they're looking for. Now, Eli was also there, and I assume Eli knows it as well. But I think there's different levels to the amount of how much you can break down a defense. Russell Wilson, whether he wanted to or not, what I got out of that conversation with the Mannings was, oh, this motherfucker is high football IQ. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I don't know if it's we have chose not to. Look at that, because I think a lot of the plays, you see him running around and just kind of extending and making things up and everything like that. So to listen to him speak in a way that I, and I'm not saying I know shit about fuck, because I don't know shit about fuck. But I just think whenever I start hearing that stuff, my respect level for him grew mightily, I think, after listening to him chat about football. And I assume that's potentially what the Gruden football quarterback camp was supposed to be for Russell Wilson. None of us watched it. Though. No. no, We should have watched it. We watched Monday Night Manning. That's on that's us. Right. Russell Wilson's a stud, as is Matthew Stafford. Joining us now to wrap up all the weekly stories and tell us about what could potentially be going on tonight that might make our same-game parlay look good, or maybe make our same-game parlay look... Uh, not as good. Okay. Join us now, former host of Rap Sheet and Friends. That show was canceled by the NFL Network. We are not happy about that. Oh, no. You will find this man as a senior insider for the NFL Network and NFL.com in the weekly wrap-up with Rap Sheet and Friends host, ladies and gentlemen, Ian Rappaport. Yeah. Yeah. What's going What's on? Up? Hey, you got your TV stuff on, huh? You in between hits? Yeah, just did a little, uh, did a little Jalen Smith, did a little Baker Mayfield and his partially torn labrum. Uh, did a little watch Pelicero say, I don't know, I wasn't honestly listening. Um, and now I'm back talking to you guys, which, we, you know. You know, that's the thing. We we had Pelicero on and we, a lot of times, and we enjoy him as a human, but we did listen to him, and he is literally just an NFL memo machine, you know, like the way his words. So if you were to listen, you've probably already read everything. He has this incredible ability to recite an entire memo and yeah. lay it out completely from the NFL. It's one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. Yeah, he is. He's great at getting memos before anyone else. He's great at explaining them to people. Um, I am not good at reading, so when I get a memo, I try to scroll down to like the headline and then maybe see if there's any bold words or maybe some italics. Smart um, headlines. But when I get mem- so like you'll see sometimes I'll get memos first, which is obviously what we all want, and I'll just have like a big headline on it because I I can't read all that. It's just you read it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then you screenshot the memo and send it all out there completely. Right. And I think Pelicero... Yeah, you just, guys read it yourself. Yeah, yeah, hey, listen, you take this for what you think it is. <laughs> Pelicero saying this is what it actually is. Yeah. I am an advanced reader. <laughs> I am an... He is unbelievable at that. We appreciate your entire team. Let's talk about some things. Even though you're a bad reader, you must have read the Baker Mayfield Instagram post. What's that all about? Is that because he's, uh, he's playing hurt or people saying he's not playing good is it because the rush game's so good i didn't understand where that was coming from from baker let me see it yeah baker said people seem to forget how i got here nothing was given everything earned ups and downs came out stronger and better every time god blessed me with the mental and physical strength to not only make it through adversity but to also grow through those trials that nobody else could handle nobody else. oh yeah i'll so, always be striving to get better which i will uh, we i might as well read it to the people now at this point oh, okay, which i will continue to have that mindset winning is the priority for me always has been and always will be that's why i was brought to cleveland to change the narrative and impact others along the way that being said we have a great group i have their back and they have mine i'm going to battle for these guys every single week on to the next challenge is that about the torn labrum or has there been some chatter about baker what's this all about you know i, I think it's a couple things and i don't want to put thoughts in baker's head but let me just put some thoughts in baker's head Respect. um i think he has been 
he's been a little embattled. I mean, they've been winning, and I think the Browns are a really good team. But he didn't play great last week. And, like, if you watched him, and this is why I think I ended up kind of reporting his injury, because you watch him and he just doesn't look right. And, like, some throws he's missing, you're kind of like, man, I've seen you make that throw for, like, two years. So I kind of started digging into it. Like, something is clearly wrong. Like, he's definitely more injured than I thought. And it turns out it is a partially torn labrum in his left side, which is a significant injury, which is not going to get better this season, which it's going to be harnessed. So, like, he'll be able to play. and He hasn't missed any practice steps. But I can't pretend that he's perfect. And so I think this is him responding to everyone and being like, I get it. I see it. I'm going to play better. I want our team to win. So everyone kind of ease off a little bit. Okay, dope. And I remember that because it was dislocated, right? And then he popped it back in. Probably in that case, yes. he had a partially torn labrum. I remember hearing the mic'd exactly. up. I remember hearing the mic'd up of it, of him walking around. He's thrown for 300 yards this season already. Obviously, that one pass to Odell is getting run on TV time and time and time and time again because that was a bad miss and you would assume that Odell Beckham as a teammate would be upset potentially that he get missed and especially after running an incredible route or whatever it is that's what everybody's leading to but it's nice to hear from Baker I guess saying I am hurt I'm gonna battle through this thing and good on you doing good reporting by the way looking out for the player that's what you're doing right there now let's talk about a situation that isn't looking out for the player at all what's the deal with this hey we're cutting this guy uh, but not till 4 o'clock. If anybody <laughs> wants to make some final offers for this guy, in, that guy going from potentially picking where he goes next, like the Green Bay Packers allegedly is where he wanted to go, who knows if any of that was legitimized or not, to getting traded to the Panthers for a six-round pick. Stefan, I'm sure, happy to be going back to Carolina, going to get a bigger deal, and that was probably a part of the whole trade agreement or whatever was expected. But why is that happening where announcements of people being released are happening and then they're getting traded afterwards? That seems like that's fucking the player. Am I wrong? Uh, a couple of things. First of all, uh, I don't believe a new deal is going to be part of this. I mean, if he plays well in Carolina, which... A six-round pick was all it took to just get the guy for uh, the rest of the year? Not a six-round pick. A future six-round pick. So the actual value is a seventh-round pick, which is less. So, uh, yes, no new deal. Uh, no new deal coming in Carolina, as far as I know. He's going to play in a couple weeks. He'll be healthy. He is going to move into his house... You know, like a lot of players have houses in places where they are from. So they have like a like a home base, basically. His home base is three houses down from Scott Fitterer, the GM of the Panthers. So they can oh. go hang out and smoke some meat and talk about stuff. Like that's, I think that's kind of cool. Barbara, um, yeah. <laughs> but to answer your question, this is kind of a new thing. Uh, and I had to, I, I've, I've been in the middle of it at various times where you report something. A guy's informed of his release. And you say, okay, well, that's that. He'll be out done at four. And then you start getting calls from teams, and they're like, hang on. Just so you know, he hasn't actually been released. Somebody may trade for him, and you had to be like, oh, wait. Oh, I, I, Belichick put out a statement saying goodbye. And then everybody was like, okay, but it's not till four. Maybe I'll just jump in and trade for him. So it's kind of a technique teams have used. Why is in it not case, till four? I the, thought it was. It doesn't just, screw the play. Hey, why is it not till four? I thought it was just processing the papers. That's it's over there. It's over. No, once it, it, those transactions aren't official till four. So like we've actually seen it where oh. like so Gunnar Olszewski, the All Pro returner for the Patriots, was literally informed he was cut, and then called back and like actually you're not cut we're going to trade someone else and give you a roster spot. And then he became an all pro like that. 
happens because it's not official until a certain time. That's insane. I know that's when rosters are being created, I think, right? The uh, middle of the season, I thought, would just be differently. I thought it was a procedural thing because it seems like, I don't know, and it's great that uh, Stefan's getting to go back home and everything like that, but the initial reports was he was going to go to the Packers and allegedly, is it, were any of that, was that in, ever considered in your from your reporting and your sources? Yes. Uh, I know he liked he liked the Panthers a lot. Uh, and they have maintained interest in him. Like, they were one of the teams that discussed maybe trading for him earlier. Um, I know the Packers he liked a lot. The problem is, you know, it's a $7 million salary. It hits the cap all at once. The Packers just really didn't have room. Uh, so, everybody like, has room. they could have signed him as a free agent because then they maybe would have given him a two-year deal and changed the, you know, massage the cap a little bit, whatever. But um, just as a trade with no alteration to the contract, they just – they wanted it. He wanted it. But I think he wanted the Panthers, too, and he seems very happy. Okay, good news. He will not be able to come back until after the physically unable to perform list designation of six weeks is finished because they traded his contract as opposed to creating a new one. So he won't be back until week seven, which is two weeks from now. Let's talk about tonight's game. What are you hearing? How do we feel? Is this healthy rosters going into Seattle? The boys are going to have questions, obviously. But I just need to know if my same game parlay sounds as good now as it does after you give us a little breakdown on what people are expecting to do this evening uh okay so one of the bigger questions is chris carson is he gonna play that and that was i'm i knew something was not quite right i didn't know what it was till pete carroll said yesterday he's got a neck issue it was described to me as more of like a stiff neck and some people close to him believe he's gonna play not 100 percent sure it might be like a pregame workout type deal but i think there's some optimism that carson does get out get out there so that's good um, is it good? Is, yeah, I mean, the, the is guy's it, life. For your parlay, is it bad? Yeah, I got the backup running back actually to score a touchdown in the parlay because we thought, we heard from reporting, I think you included, that a bad neck is probably going to lead somebody yeah. out to be on a short week. What does Pete Carroll care about his players? or what? Well, he's going to, the backup uh, is probably going to play also. So I don't know, you know, I don't know about your parlay or anything. That's not really my whatever. Oh, God. This is what it's oh, potentially going to look like when you play a guy with a bad neck. Yeah. Just remember that. That's what happened tonight. Yeah, that's right. Give, give Collins the rock, dude. Yeah. I can't, I can't see, not think of, uh, was it Bill Murray and Wild Things? You've seen Wild Things, right? Classic. I've not. No. <laughs> wow. Anyway, have your friends tell you about it. There's, oh yeah. There's did a couple the of great scenes in no, there. That, no, that's no, Major League. Oh. Charlie Sheen. Anyways, other than uh, the stiff neck potentially playing tonight and being terribly unhealthy on a short week like that, let's give Collins the rock. And then once he scores, let's see how the neck's doing or whatever. That's personal reasons. That is a great piece of information, though, if you're in a fantasy world or a Seahawks fan. What else are you thinking, Ian? I am really curious what the Seahawks offense looks like um, because we've seen them throw it a bunch. We've seen them kind of reel back. Last week didn't look great. And I think the early optimism like of letting Russ cook has kind of waned a little bit. You got a national spotlight, but you got Jalen Ramsey, who is, you know, probably the best corner in the NFL right now, playing a bunch of positions, moving around, having a just making a bunch of plays. Like how do they attack the Rams tonight? And do they throw it forty times like they did early? Like these are the things I'm sort of watching. And then for you know, for Stafford, I would say it's sort of similar like he started so hot how big of a game like how big of an announcement does he make to our national audience um 
It's going to be a fun one tonight. Yeah, I think so. I think there's going to be real success tonight on both sides of the ball. And I bet on Matthew Stafford over 300, Russell Wilson over 250, Cooper Cup scoring a tud, Collins oh, yeah. scoring a tud in the Rams' money line because they're going to have to answer. You know, this is a team that's going to have to answer. They just lost. They just lost. You know what I mean? They're going to have to. This is the first real test of this newly formed team with this newly formed swag. The Matthew Stafford gritty swag coming in from Detroit. The absolute ball slinger superstar. It's a good one. This is Hey, you guys haven't had a lot of games that you've been able to hype up because the two teams potentially could go on a run this season. These two teams could potentially go on a run this season. I think that's big news for Thursday Night Football. What are you going to be doing? Are you going to be talking on TV all day? Are you in the, the kickoff show or are you reporting live? Um, I will be on until I think five, and I don't think this week I'm in the kickoff show, which... Wow. Jeez. Yeah. What's that? rap sheet and friends. Now you're off the kickoff show. What's Jeez. the deal? Hey, there we go. There yeah. we go. All right. Yeah, I mean, di movie. different color neck brace. <laughs> yeah, way different. <laughs> I mean, it is a person in a neck brace, so I, I understand that. And Fair. Great reference point from the rap sheet mm -hmm. and friends. Uh, go ahead, Ty. Jeez. Rap sheet, have you heard anything about Jair Alexander? Matt LaFleur said that if he has to have surgery, he's going to be out for the year, but they've they've been seeking multiple opinions. Uh, he's I doubt he's going to play Sunday, but have you heard how long he could be out? And are, is Jalen Smith going to start on Sunday? Uh, the Jair Alexander thing is, is not good. I don't know the firm right. diagnosis. And it's right. Thursday now. The injury happened on right. Sunday. And so usually so when so a player seeks multiple opinions, it's because there are opinions in there that they do not like. Um, it is a serious injury. I think it is possible that he ends up only missing a couple weeks. Okay. But as you know, LaFleur has been pretty clear. Like Season ending is also on the table. Oh, so he's not going to play this week. Geez. And you hope it's just a couple weeks. I mean, he is a very, very good player. And a guy who might get a contract extension, probably will at the end of the I mean, he is, he is awesome. And this would hurt for the Packers. Um, as far as Jalen, it doesn't seem like – like if he plays this week, I think it will be real, real, real limited. Like he's – not going to practice today. Coming on a Friday, like timing doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, doesn't know the playbook would be one. So, oh. you know, I would say probably next week is a better bet for Jalen Smith. Speaking of uh, the playbook uh, situation, Josh Gordon, Sunday night for the Chiefs, back in action, allegedly part of the active roster. Is that a package for him? Is he just kind of taking to the concepts? What are they thinking, you think, for Josh Gordon production out there? Yeah, he knows the concepts because when his first year in Cleveland, when Brad Childress was there, it's the same. It's not the same system, but it's very similar, and the language is the same. So huh. he's been there. He will have been there two weeks. They are pretty confident. It's going to be a package. It's not like I'm not going to pretend a guy knows the whole playbook being there two weeks. But you know, I would expect I don't know how many plays, but a handful. And you know, like if he's out there, they're going to target him. Like there are going to be there's going to be a Josh Gordon moment. Where everyone is like, oh, of course, wow, like, yeah, everybody's you know, he's two hundred and thirty pounds. Yeah, his body fat's at like eight. Like he's a beast. And of course, the Chiefs get him. You know, yeah. of I'm course, honest. that's what. And everyone, yeah. and everyone could have got him. Exactly. Yeah, that seems to be happening a lot lately. You know, it seems uh -huh. to be happening around the NFL a lot, especially as salary caps have become fake. And they're going to be worth $200, $300 million in the foreseeable future because of digital money and sports gambling. So they can just kick contracts down the road and it doesn't mean to get doesn't mean a goddamn Come thing. On. Uh, go ahead, Connor. Yeah, rap sheet. Is uh, Jimmy G going to play on Sunday or is this calf strain a little more serious? He's going to miss some time. 
Uh, it is not actually a calf strain. It's a very weird injury. He got kneed in the back of the calf by Charlie an opponent, oh. and it's like a bad contusion. And so, you know, if it's a calf strain, you could be like, all right, he's out two to four weeks, and you know, these you could put a number on it because it's a bad bruise. It kind of feels like they're having trouble like ascertaining like how bad it actually is. So I That's know they. Good word. I know he could Should practice today. Thank you. No, he could practice today. I've not heard yet if he will. I'd say if he doesn't practice today, he's probably out. If he does practice, then he's got a shot. And it's interesting because, like, as a, you know, it doesn't really matter much to me if the 49ers win or lose, but as a curiosity standpoint, it would kind of like a little bit to see Trey Lance just because you'd like to see some of these rookies out here. So if he doesn't go, it will make for some must-see viewing for the 49ers. It sounded like Kyle Shanahan wasn't exactly thrilled about potential Trey Lance in the game right now, but this is exactly why they traded up. Yeah, I felt that too. Yeah, yeah, okay, I'm happy you felt it as well because this is why the 49ers traded... Yeah, good deal, dude. I got you on top, by the way, though. I did Alfie. Oh. Oh. Yeah, yeah. God, there's nothing worse than when you're like in, being introduced to someone and they give you like the full like, yeah. uh, my hand is up here, your hand. Is no, gonna be you gotta down. pat him. Get out of here. No, you gotta pat him. Listen, this is what happens growing up in an Italian city. Okay, so that happens. They get you. No, 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 motherfucker. Okay, it's like on the baseball bat. You know what I mean? That's what you gotta do. Oh, and then, by the way, they'll got- probably bring. They'll probably. I mean, it'll be a full stack. Yeah, yeah. There. Those are moments you got to win. You have to win those moments early if you want to do that entire thing. But anyways, isn't this why they drafted Trey Lance and gave away a part of the future? Because whenever Jimmy got hurt, their team was bad. That's kind of what Lynch and Shanahan said. He said, when Jimmy's in, we play good, we win. But he's been hurt two out of the three years we got him here. That's why we had to come get another quarterback. And then whenever I heard Shanahan speak the same way you did, I was fascinated. I was like, oh, is this too early? Does he not know the offense yet? What does Shanahan think? Or maybe it was just he was miserable because they lost, and that's why he sounded the way he sounded. Well, I think, you know, you heard a similar vibe from the Bears for Justin Fields, and obviously the first game for Fields was, was a struggle. Tough. I think there obviously is some nerves about putting a rookie out there who's not quite ready, and it looks bad, and he gets hit, and like, you know, I like Fields, I'm sure doesn't care and probably has already forgotten it, and, oh, yeah. you know, it's very mentally, he's very mentally ready, I would say. Um, but you don't know that everyone's going to be like that. So if Lance is not quite ready and they haven't completely retooled things for him and he goes out and struggles, like, I think people are a little nervous um, what happens next. I think that's why you kind of hear the trepidation in some coaches' voices. COVID Cowboy Tone Diggs. Hey, Ian. Uh, so Ben had a, a pack injury before, and now he's wobbling out to his press conferences uh, with a hip, I believe. Mm-hmm. And, and Mike Tomlin said earlier this week, the only thing flexible about Ben's game or not flexible about Ben's game is his mobility. Um, is he just a sitting duck back there right now? Is he, is he going to continue to play? What's going on there? You know, I'm not sure if this is good news or bad news, but weirdly it felt to me like a little bit of good news. Like if he's got a hip injury, this could get better, right? Like he could do treatment, he could work hey, on it. Hey, he said it's and black and blue. It's disgusting. Oh. We're all going through stuff. But if you were to see this, you would say, hey, that's fucking worse than what I'm going through. It's, it's basically what he said. He said that thing is nasty. Gross. Yeah, yeah no, I don't want to. I don't know. I, I, will, I will definitely take his word for it. Um, but it would explain Smart. things if if he was even more injured than we thought. Because the other answer is he's just kind of going, getting older and going the wrong way. And I think the Steelers are still in on him. They're still believing him. They're still confident. But, you know, last week was rough, man. And the offense has struggled. 
You said Ben Roethlisberger stinks? Is that what you just what? said? Ian, you work for no. NFL. You can't say that. You work at the NFL Network. You cannot say it. I don't believe I said that at all. Yeah, 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 you did. A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. You insinuated. A little bit. Unbelievable, dude. Yeah, he did. A little bit. He did say he was happy to hear that he was injured, not that he just stunk, though. That's yeah. kind of what he said. So you were starting to lean into maybe he is not just playing good football. <laughs> then whenever you heard, okay, he is hurt in the pack, in the hip, it was like, okay, there had to be something just like you did for Baker Mayfield. That's why you are such a great insider, and we appreciate every time you come by. Last question here, I have to ask about it because it does feel like this is probably going to be the last time we get to chat about it. I assume this is going to be put in the rear view. The Urban Chop House <laughs> situation. Uh, with Urban Meyer. How is that thing going? Have all the reports that we've heard this week been true? Have they been kind of blown out of proportion? Is he getting, I don't want to say, like, is there a chance he get, doesn't make it the rest of the season? Is that Was that conversation happening? Like, what? Are, how do you feel about that whole situation as a whole? I, and this is something we have echoed, and I assume you have asked other coaches around the NFL as well, once seeing us all talk about it. A head coach not flying with his team was absurd. I've never heard that before. In my, I've never heard of that before in my life, you know, ever. And I think a lot of people, that was where the big question was, plus with them failing, and then obviously the embarrassing moment. What's going on down there? What is it? I, I've never heard of it where a coach didn't fly home with the team. Maybe it's happened. It's not always, you know, we, we probably wouldn't have known had we not seen all the other stuff in the video. Bingo. Um, so maybe it's happened, but I just can't, I, I, I've never heard of it. Um, I did not, from what I know, I do not believe his job was in jeopardy. Okay. Uh, I know there were some very serious conversations with owner Shad Khan. Uh, there were several of them on that day, which was uh, a Tuesday, right? I think that was a Tuesday. Um, and so some harsh words, a very public rebuke in the form of a statement, which again, like I've never really seen that before. Like an owner coming out and saying the coach has to re-earn our trust. I just, <laughs> that was all new. Um, I just don't believe his job was in jeopardy. Um, and we'll see where it goes from here. Like it's, you know, he was the guy who was supposed to come in and fix it. They're zero and four, and then we've spent more time talking about his. What's the name of the place? Urban's Chop House. It was originally reported on the internet that it was Urban's uh, Pint Bar mm -hmm. or his Whiskey Club, but this is actually the Urban Chop House, allegedly, from what I've been Are doing. there multiple? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Urban's a commercial real estate restaurateur around there. He's a businessman. You know what I'm talking about? I, I I'm, uh, nope, not gonna say anything. Um, uh, what do you know? Oh, what do you know? Oh, but anyway, you uh, I would say, aside from the report that made it seem like he was about to lose his job, I think it's all been in the proper context because, like, this is real. And I know people say like it's it's optics, but leadership is optics. Like mm. this is the team watching the coach, right? So, you know, I don't think it's over by any means at all. Um, but they got to, I would imagine they got to start winning some football games. Yeah, and then there was reports that he was laughed out of pers uh, position group rooms and then, you know. <laughs> the breakdown yesterday. Yeah, the breakdown was uh, grind on three, one, two, three, grind. grind, grind. And those I, are things. I did see that. Yeah, those are things, by the way, that can be chosen. And I think a, a massive part of the healing process is they, we have to point out the obvious here. We have to point out the obvious. Now, have I heard grind before as a call down? I, I don't think I have. I've heard work before and team and family and Colts and, you know, like uh, uh, grind on three. 
one, two, three, grind. I would like to hear what the speech was before it got to grind because it's always like, hey, every day we get out here, we got to work. Every day we come out here, no matter what our record is, we got to get better. Hey, we got to grind out here. Grind on three. One, two, three, grind. grind. Whatever the state, the speech was before the grind was decided. I would have liked to hear, but I don't think we could from the video that I caught. But it is always awesome chatting with you. Are we missing anything? Are you gonna you're gonna break news probably right oh, now? Oh shit! No, no, no. I I mean, as far as I know, I I gave you everything I got. The Baker stuff was the only thing that I was thinking about saving it for right after the show. Um, but I decided to put it out this morning just because. Yeah, but we also educated you on his post. It seemed yeah. like. Yeah. That's Pretty true. Cool. I don't. You know, I don't follow him. Maybe I should start following him. Oh, fucking biased journalism. Whoa. 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 I follow a lot of people. What do you want? I, I keep, it, keep the list slid. Hey, by the way, you followed me within the last couple of weeks, and I have followed you back, but uh, that, that was a very oh. nice move of you. That was a very nice move of you. It was a standoff. It was this moment, by the yeah. way. It was this moment between us, and I appreciate you allowing me uh, the, the pleasure of being followed by you. That's huge. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, <laughs> I thought you deserved it. You know, it's been a while. I obviously had to kind of earn the whatever, but I, I felt you deserved it, and I'm I'm really happy to kind of give you that. Well, I want to let you know, I didn't, I didn't really view it as that real. I was just waiting for you to follow me, and then I was going to follow you back. I mean, it was a there was times where I checked. Hey, this motherfucker's still not, huh? huh. <laughs> All right, well, the best one, the, the best one is when people will follow and unfollow because then it pops up, and you're like, this guy wasn't fo Oh, I see what he's doing. He's trying to get me to follow him, and I'll be like, nope. Oh, you you think people are out there courting you, unfollowing you, and following you? <laughs> hey, hey, let me go ahead and get a little rap sheet out there. Is that the, yep. you think that's what they're doing to you? <laughs> oh, interesting news from the Falcons, actually. Here we go. Here we go. This go. is what we're no, no, not for. for me. No, they announced uh, Calvin Ridley will not make the trip oh, due to no. a personal matter, so he's out on Sunday. Wow. Uh, no, not good Jets for the Falcons. London. I hope everything's okay. By the way, hope everything's okay yeah. in his life. This is a big deal to miss a game. There's only 17 of them, especially for the Falcons this year. So this has to be a big deal. Obviously, hope everything's okay. But that's a 9:30 start. We're going to miss one of the superstars in that game that you know doesn't have a lot yeah. of them. You know, yeah, right. Jets. Who knows? Yeah. Put them together Second a little streak. Here. Are you going to London? Why don't they send you to London? I don't know. I've been once. It was amazing. Uh, London, from what I can tell, welcomed me. Um, oh, the food is kind of, you know, whatever, but yeah. it's, everything else is good. Uh, I would love to go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, senior NFL insider at NFL Network and NFL.com, host of the Canceled Show, Rap Sheet and Friends, oh. now the host of the weekly wrap-up with Rap Sheet and Friends. Ladies and gentlemen, Ian Rapport. Thank you, Thank you, Rap Sheet. Thank you, Rap Sheet. Uh, joining us now is a man who is a multiple-time Pro Bowler, a Super Bowl champion, a teammate of mine, and also the guy who I believe, it should be talked about more, is allegedly responsible for one of the CBAs getting done. Ooh. Yeah, one of the smartest persons I've ever been around, especially in a football locker room out of North Carolina center. Number 63, Jeff Saturday. Yeah, yeah Jeff! What's up, dude? What is up, bro? I cannot tell you how excited I am to be on your show, bro. I am super fired up about this. No, Jeff, I want to let you know, whenever we heard that you were potentially coming on, the boys and I were fucking elated. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, we've been seeing you on ESPN. You've been crushing it, by the way. Uh, I didn't know if you were going to get into media more or full-time. It seems like you're kind of picking and choosing when you do that. I think you're coaching high school football back in Georgia. It's great to see you, Jeff. We're pumped as well, pal. I appreciate it. Yeah, man, got a lot going. I I, I enjoy the uh, 
I enjoy the ESPN gig, but they have been they are awesome with my schedule. So to your point, I'm not on all the time, but I'm on enough just to let people know my opinion and try to and try to stir the world a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Have you enjoyed that? Have you enjoyed the media thing? And are you also still coaching back in uh, Georgia? Is that a conflict of interest, or do you feel like your team actually enjoys when you get in there and stir the pot on ESPN? No, no, I, I actually just stopped coaching. I uh, My oldest graduated and went on to college, and my youngest is in middle school, so I started helping with him now. And so uh, I, I always did it just to be around my kids, man. That was the most important thing to me. Had some great times. But the, uh, the media part for me is a ton of fun, man. I get to watch ball, be around it, but not have to be married to it, coaching it, you know, each and every day. So it's one of those things that kind of gives me the best of uh, – of all worlds. Jeff Saturday, obviously very accomplished center in the NFL for a long time with the Colts and then with the Packers as well. Ooh, yeah. I had a chance to play with the Packers and signed a one-day deal, I think, to re- retire as a Colt. Did you hate the game when you left it? Because I know you're a guy that loved football. Did you have a jaded ending or no? You had a pretty good view on the whole thing. No, man, I loved the game, dude. I had, I had so much fun. I tell people all the time, it was so much better than I deserved. You know what I mean? It was, uh, it was one of those things where um, – you know, as as you age out of the game, you kind of realize part of your body, part of the part of the game. It's it's built for the youngins. I know Brady's done something that's that's next to miraculous, but most of us can't do it. Uh, and also, man, being able to kind of transition into into media and coaching helped kind of ease it. You know what I mean? Like anything, anytime you love being able to talk about what you do every day, man. I mean, how good is that, bro? We, I couldn't be more blessed. Yeah, me too. I mean, it's a joke. I've been able to keep the football itch, which I've always been a fan of. I still ha- am in there. I'm forced to watch it, and I'm allowed to watch it all. You know, like, it, it, I've made it my job that I I have to watch every football game. And I think being busy, you with coaching your kids and being a dad and also doing the media has helped me transition out of the game. And I think a big part of whenever I was in the game was learning from vets like you. I was very lucky to come into a locker room that was OG filled. I mean, literally across the board. And I recall uh, that CBA deal. And it was talked about a little bit, but then it was kind of buried. And I think that's because agents want other agents to potentially look good or lawyers to look good or whatever the case is. With being in the NFLPA so in-depthly and being a part of that CBA agreement, and then now you see there's another one that happens. I think tomorrow the executive director thing is up for a vote maybe potentially. How much of that – like I hate the NFLPA. Okay, and it's because of situations that I've had with them where I'm like, this is not what I should be giving my money to. There's a lot of ex-players, though, that don't like the NFLPA. How much of that is just all political bullshit that you can't really get a lot done? And how did you navigate those waters to be such a pivotal part of that entire CBA getting finished? Yeah, I, I will tell you, it, it's a lot tougher than people imagine, right? Like when you walk in, everybody's like, oh, well, you know, all the players think this and you should do that. It, it don't work like that. And you and I know being in the locker room, man, to get – you know, get all 53 and then add the, add the practice squad guys on, the 60-plus guys every time to all think alike is very difficult. And then you think about how short careers are. The truth is most guys are, are trying to worry about them and their stuff, right? And so when, when, you're, when you're trying to negotiate 10 years and, and, and what your, the expectations of the future revenue is going to be, there ain't nothing easy about it. But I, but I will say – I learned so much, man. I learned so much about about business, about um, about people. You know what I mean? Like you really learn. You really learn what dudes are really about. You know what I mean? Like what they're really about, not what they say they're about, but like whenever when they call you privately after meetings, 
Like, that's when you really know. So I did, man. I'm proud of the work we did. Is it perfect? Absolutely not. Uh, but that I think we got the most for our guys. I really do, man. I think they continue to try to build on it. But ain't nothing perfect, dude. And when you get people, you know people can screw up all kinds of stuff, and it happens from time to time. But, bro, I, le- I learned a whole lot. Uh, about people and about business doing that. Yeah, I could imagine. You're talking to, to some of the most successful billionaires on earth in the biggest league on earth and their lawyers. Uh, before I continue to ask you about that, who's the dog in the back? Hey, it's a good-looking oh. dog back here. I got uh, I got Pandora and that's George. And they are uh, they're sitting back. I just dropped my youngest off. At, uh, they got a game here in a little bit. So uh, they, they like to ride with me. Uh, get getting a little field run a little bit. So this is their this is their time to shine. Is Pandora because of Avatar? <laughs> no, she's adopted. That was her name. We adopted her. We she was a rescue, oh. and that uh, that was on her uh, on her cage going to get her, bro. And she has been. We've had her almost eleven years now. She's been fantastic. Dogs are the absolute best. I'm excited to see Thank yours riding alongside you. And we're talking to Jeff Saturday. And I want to close up that CBA conversation because it is so impressive that you, as a player, did this. By the way, and, and especially now with what I'm learning with business and how things actually go, potentially behind the scenes and who's saying what and what inevitably ends up happening are two very different things. Sometimes. When did you decide to do that? Was there a chance that you thought there was going to be no season, like it was going to be a standoff, and that's why you got involved and the deal happened? Yeah, no, absolutely. We were we were negotiating actually in New York, and uh, as we were having this conversation, we were actually about to sign the deal. And I felt like, you know, the owners had kind of put something before us, and we were kind of working really to help to help them get the deal done. You know what I mean? Like we had kind of stirred ourselves into let's try to get this going. Uh, I remember sitting in the room, and Mawai and those guys had walked upstairs. And uh, I, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at Drew and some of their guys. I'm like, man, we can't do this. Like, we got to go up there. And so we went up, said, hey, man, we're going to stop this thing. Uh, ultimately, they locked us out at that moment. But it was the best decision we made, man, because we made a, huge, a, a bunch of gains, um, especially from a player health and safety perspective. Financially, you've seen it. Like, it's, it's turned out pretty freaking good, right, for everybody. So uh, can it get better? Yeah. But, man, we made we made a lot of really good decisions. But that's – you know, you, you kind of get in that position where you got 1,200 guys calling you, telling you, hey, man, I need I need to get the deal done, but it wasn't the right time, and we made the right call. Yeah, I think so, too. And now let's talk about some football because so impressed by you business-wise, behind the scenes, and getting a chance to watch you operate in the locker room and everything was cool, except for, you know, the little bit of kicker remarks you make every once Whoa. in a while. You know, <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. Uh, but, uh, Jeff, watch, being a teammate of yours was really cool. I mean, watching you think and execute was awesome, and – I think now is the time we have to talk about some football because that is something you're an expert in. Whenever we watch this game tonight, Jeff, and I don't know if you ever crossed paths with Aaron Donald. I don't know what the years were. But every time he's on TV, he is spotlighted, right? And it's always it's interesting because he's a D-lineman. He used to be an interior D-lineman. Now they're kind of moving him around everywhere, I think, because of how explosive he is. But is there? why is that attention on Aaron Donald? What does he do that maybe some other defensive linemen don't do? Why is he the Greek god, it seems like, of football players right now? Because that is an overwhelming agreement by all the good football minds that I know. They say this guy's the guy. Why is that? Yeah, he, he has every facet of his game is good, and then he has the great portions, right? Like when you look at the way he can anchor down against the run, it's good. When you see how he can split the gap in the run, it's great. When you see how he can pass rush from an outside three technique, it's great. When you see him get interiorly and get matched up one-on-one, 
it's above it's a it, you know it, it, it's it's like astronomical what he can do so when you look at every phase of his game he's kind of the complete guy and the truth is man is his size i know everybody talks about like that he's undersized but his leverage point of being a shorter player it makes him a nightmare for guys man I, i'm like he's under you his hat placement his leverage he's under you and he has the quickest hips of any d lineman that i've seen play man like he can turn that edge faster than any other guy. That's what differentiates him, man. Is, is that he's got the he's got the goods, and then you tack on the want to. And again, you you, you remember it from our lockers. You have the tryhard guys, right? Yeah. Well, he's got all the tools, and he's a tryhard. That make, that makes him an absolute nightmare for offensive linemen. The tryhards, by the way, talent beats. Hard work when talent doesn't work hard or something like that. I forget exactly the statement, but it's is that right? Is that the right one? I don't know if I have that right, but you are you are close. It is. If talent talent beats hard work when talent works hard. Yeah, there it is. When guys don't, bro, it shows up. And he he's not a he's not a two play on two play off type guy. Uh, I used to love playing those dudes, right? I mean, Howard Mudd used to tell me all the time, man, get your butt kid with dignity against those guys right like take a couple take a couple embarrassing plays but the other 60 you'll be you know you'll, you'll be highlighted and so he doesn't give you that opportunity but he don't get he don't give you the highlight tape which which always hurts from an offensive line perspective hey pittsburgh guy by the way that's probably why if i had to guess it's yeah that's probably why pittsburgh guy he ain't taking a day off all right putting a hard hat on there uh how do you feel about the modern style of offense and everything and i think brandon staley came out and said something that maybe hurt the feelings of the analytic world, because he said running the ball is a physical style of game that can't show up in stats. Like that type of intimidation, that type of, you know, your team out physicaling another team is something that doesn't show up in the stats. And that's why the run game is so important. But it feels like the game is getting away from it a little bit, whether it's the RPOs or the option stuff. How do you feel about the modern style as compared to the style that you were playing whenever Peyton was your quarterback in your time in the NFL? Yeah, I, I love what Staley said because it, it's the truest statement that a coach has made all season, right? That, that the numbers that you look at, right, that sometimes you average three yards a carry or four yards a carry, whatever that looks like, it's not that that you get hung up on from an offensive line perspective. It's the you are beating down the guy in front of you, right? You, you are physically imposing your will. You're being able to put two bodies on one and bang them around. It's like body blows fighting, right? Like, like you are literally sawing him down so that when it, when you can pass protect, he's not in a freaking sprinter stance coming to tee off on your face. Because remember, you're yeah. backpedaling, right? Like you're trying to absorb his power from his legs with your upper body. That don't work without taking shots on him and kind of chopping down the tree. So what Staley said, man, needs to be reiterated throughout the league. It is a, it's one of those things that everybody falls in love with the shiny toys on the outside. But the truth is fatigue matters and i can tell you there's no greater example than as we won the super bowl in indy with peyton is that we ran you know like we, we ran the football we stopped the run all of those things showed up and it made it happen and i think that's that's what needs to be discussed more in football offensive meeting rooms yeah joseph Adai. You know, I believe Dommy was there as well. The Dommy Re Rhodes, baby! Yeah, Dommy Rhodes was a legend of a human being. First time I met him, he had two grills up and down, and he came <laughs> up full energy. I love that man. As Joseph Adai 
one of the coolest dudes I've ever been around in my entire life. That team was awesome. And obviously, whenever you talk about the run game, especially uh, whenever you talk about having success on those teams, because the conversation revolves around, you know, that offense being so proficient, especially because you had to share a quarterback, a man who you had an incredible relationship with. I think you two, closest of friends, been through it together. But there's that one moment that a lot of people like to reference because it's viral on the internet. Uh, just block, Jeff. Yeah, that whole sideline interaction. How often did that happen? And how quickly after that did you guys say, okay, we just got caught both mic'd up in a terrible situation? You know what I mean? How, how often did that happen? It happened all the time. In practice, it happened weekly, right? Like we'd be in heated arguments all the time about what we should do, what call we should make, uh, all, all of those things. And it happened in games as well. Uh, the greatest part, and, you know, they, and they when they show it, right? They always make the quarterback look good, right? And again, man, it is what it is, right? He he, uh, you know, he comes down and we get at it, but after it, we go down the next time and we run it and we score. And and there's a little they cut to it like we hug up. So we we had hugged up the very next series because the sense had come back to him and he understood the smartest guy on the field was a guy in front of him. Right? <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, I tell people all the time that I've carried two, you know, two quarterbacks to the Hall of Fame. If you're going to get behind somebody, I'm the guy, right? Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. How did the, how did your relationship with Peyton start, right? Because you were undrafted or fifth round or sixth round. Or, I forget what it was. I don't know. I don't remember out of North Carolina. But then you somehow, because that's a big decision by Peyton. And Peyton is a guy who makes decisions, by the way, especially who's going to be his center. And I wasn't there for it, obviously. I was at the tail end of it. But a lot of people said, like, hey, Peyton, like, I don't want to say hand pick Jeff but was I like, hey Jeff's my guy almost what was that relationship like at the beginning and were you undrafted I forget the the whole yeah. story yeah I was undrafted and I actually played guard my first year with the Colts I played I, I started a couple games at left guard when Steve McKinney went down with a, an emergency appendectomy and then I rotated uh over at right guard and um but Peyton and I I began to kind of work in Howard Mudd gave me some cuts at the center position and then we battled it out my second year, Larry Moore, who was a starting center. And, uh, man, it just fits my personality, right? I like to talk. I like I like to kind of boss people around and tell people where to go. I'm not scared to make a mistake. Um, so all those things kind of fit, man. And, and Peyton's one of those guys, and you know it, and I do. Like, he wants accountability, and he wants somebody to kind of come back at him. And, and I was never afraid to, uh, to go back at him and be like, hey, bro, this ain't right, or this isn't. And, and that relationship, man, it, when it started uh, way back in 2000, you know, he always had my back, man. It wasn't always perfect, but, brother, we may get after each other, but we knew at the end of the day we were both working to be the best. And I think that's how the best relationships are forged, man, accountability to each other. And understand that, man, when we screw it up, own it, and must move on. I think getting a chance to be around guys like you and Peyton uh, in my rookie year in the NFL, seeing the interactions, and then getting a chance to experience some of like Peyton's life, your life, and everything like that, that taught me so much going forward that like some of the most competitive people who are in yeah. some very powerful positions, they wanted to be they want to be talked to just like how you would talk to your friends if they were fucking up, basically. Like that is, I yeah. think, what I learned the most carrying into the business world. So anytime there's somebody of power potentially that walks through a room, there is zero sense of fear because I'm like, hey, this person is exactly like I am probably and how a lot of people I'm friends with, they just want to be talked to. And if they're wrong, they want to hear it too. Like they would like to hear it and then fix it. But if they're not wrong and you tell them they're wrong, now you're in fucking trouble. Now, you know, that is that is when it becomes a, a whole situation there. I was very lucky to be a part of your team. Go ahead, Ty. 
Jeff, how much different was it when you did go to the Packers for those last couple of years after you'd been in the same locker room, you know, for your entire career? Was it easy to kind of transition because you had had so much success and you were a vet at that point, or how much different was that process? No, bro, it sucked, man. I'm not gonna lie to you, man. It was tough. I I, uh, I came from a locker room, to, and, and Mac, if you can speak to this as well, bro. Like like players drove it. You know what I mean? Like, yes. Like I didn't need. You know, I didn't. I didn't need the general manager, or the head coach, to go to a guy and be like, "Hey, man, you ain't you ain't doing your job." Like that's what we did. You know, so if one of my guards wasn't playing well or tackle, I would be the guy to go to him. And say, hey, man, you got to pick it up, or they're going to replace you. And and when I went to Green Bay, it was a coach-dominated team. You know, Aaron was just kind of he was just kind of cutting his teeth, and so McCarthy had a had, you know kind of had his thumb on everything. Man, coaches broke it down all the time. Coaches would say, and, and I had some great teammates, man. Josh Sitton, TJ Lang, you know, Balaga was there. Like, I mean, I had some good dudes, but it was like coaches wanted to run everything, and I, that did not fit my personality. Like, I didn't want to hear from a guy who wasn't suiting up with me, bro. Like, like if you ain't out there, I really don't want to hear. I want you to coach me. I'm all for you coaching me hard. You can mother F me all you want, bro. You can tell me anything you want. But by God, realize I'm out there. So so you better arm me to go do my thing and get the guys around me ready to go. And I just never felt that. Um, and, and that's why it wasn't a good fit for me. I, I am not a guy who, you know, wants to wants to kind of, you know, relinquish my my authority and my in the in the in the experience I had to some guy who's coaching. That just wasn't my speed. Hey, very fascinating because everybody just assumes, well, that coach is you know, the smartest guy in football. You listen to what he says. It's like, well, Jeff, pretty fucking good, too. Yeah. I mean, shouldn't we potentially think about that? And that was that locker room. Gary Brackett in the linebacker room. That was who I got to work with in the individual drills. People were going to Gary to ask the questions, not going to Murph. Although, I love Murph, but it's like, yeah. hey, Gary, how are we going to play this whole thing? The tight end room. Dallas Clark was the guy. Reggie was the guy in the wide receiver room. I mean, it was just one. Joseph Adai was the guy in the running back. It was very much like, hey, we're in this thing together. That's why... When I started hearing about the Aaron Rodgers shit, as I continue to grow, I'm like, what are we talking about that Aaron doesn't have any say in who his wide receivers are? I was mind, I was actually mind blown. Like, how is that even something? Because when Andrew came into the building, all I wanted Andrew to do was like, hey, you need to start being a little bit more of like an asshole. Like, I wasn't the right person to tell him that, but that was yeah. very obviously the thing. Like, hey, Andrew, you can pick who your center is. You can pick who your wide receiver is. This is what you should do. You getting a chance to see how it was in Green Bay, That I assume that is kind of just stuck how it's always been is just, this is how it goes. You can see how a guy like Aaron, who is one of the greatest football minds of all time, alongside the other greats up there in the Mount Rushmore world, having a little bit more say would just make sense. But some people just can't do it, Jeff. Some people can't oh turn. My. And listen, and, and Aaron wanted it. Yeah, I mean, you know what I mean? Like when we were there, we would be in walkthroughs and I remember getting play calls and, I, and, and just seeing like the countenance on his face and, and you just knew. It was like, he, he don't want to run this play, right? Like, like this isn't this isn't what he wants. And and you know he was a good teammate. He didn't want to cause a fuss or do whatever at the time. So he kind of you know he kind of let it play. And I'm sure they had their meetings behind closed doors. But even when you got on the field, man, I, I can remember just watching and thinking to myself, man, like like this would this isn't how it goes, right? Like this isn't how you you empower a guy to lead. And 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 you and I both know, man, like when you run out of that tunnel. That dude who's who's throwing that rock, he's got to be your guy. Like like he can be quiet, he can be what, but he's got to be the guy that everybody in the building believes in. 
And it just, it astounded me that it wasn't like that. And it made it not fun, man. It's, it's not fun when I got to look to a coach for everything as opposed to looking to a dude who I know can carry us to a Super Bowl. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I was mind blown, mystified by it, as I assume you were. And I'm happy to hear this from you, by the way, because it makes me feel like I wasn't as insane for, I don't want to say overreacting, but being like, what the fuck? Do we, like, how does the guy who especially is a Mount Rushmore guy now. So you're just assuming this coach is smarter than Aaron Rodgers is? I guess that makes sense in high school and college. Like, you know more football IQ, but who knows more than that dude about Lambeau, Green Bay, success, everything. I don't know why you wouldn't want his opinion, you know? Like, I don't know why that wouldn't be a case, but I guess old dog new tricks. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, Jeff, I might be misremembering this, but I believe AJ once mentioned that there was either a day of uh, during training camp where there was full pads and you guys were hitting each other and you said, you know what, I'm good. I'll see you guys in two (laughs) weeks. Uh, Is that true? And then also, what are your thoughts on training camp and preseason? And do you see that eventually just getting kind of cut down or cut out completely? Yeah, I think I was in uh, I was in year 14, and we're going down there, bro, and we were like in, you know, they got us doing freaking nine on seven for about 40 minutes. And I was there, and I was like, it, it, when I was in Indy, I'd do about, I bet do about six minutes and nine on seven, and I'm jogging down with Peyton, and he and I are doing, you know, we're doing some drill work for some seven on seven. And, and my my world, I was like, I was down there in, this, in the trenches thinking, what did I get myself into, bro? Like, what? Like, hey, man, like, I'm 14 years in. I'm 37 years old. I can't get the hell beat out of my body like this in practice. I was like, I'm about to see you guys come when it counts. I was like, this right here, I ain't long for this, bro. (laughs) I used to tell them, I was like, hey, man, let's slow it down, bro. I mean, they can practice you. They can't can't make you practice hard. Like, sometimes govern this thing down a little bit. Let's use a little common sense. We're all going to be together in, in, you know, in seven days. But, no, AJ – he knows it, bro. We had and listen, McCarthy and I had some dust ups, bro. I, I wasn't. I'm not. A, I'm not a full on company man, bro. We'll have some. You know, we pass some words from time to time as well. So just all part of it. Yeah, I guess it's all part of it, especially <laughs> now that I hear how you view the coaches over there. Them also making you do nine on seven. I fuck these dudes have no idea. There, you guys are probably great, but there has to be some conversations to be had here. That's amazing. Uh, last question here. We can't thank you enough for your time and Pandora's time and George. Jordan. George. Classic George. Uh, George and Pandora Strong, back there yeah. having a good time oh, yeah. down there in North Carolina, down there in Georgia. I mean, go ahead, Tone. Uh, Jeff, a lot of young offensive linemen are, are seem to be playing now, some doing well, some not doing so well. How long were you into the league before you actually felt comfortable and like in yourself being in the NFL and going up against these guys? Mid- midway through my second year, midway through my second year, I knew. Because like I said, I didn't start all my games as a rookie. I started a couple games played a lot of special teams and then kind of moved in there we go. midway through my second year, man. I was like, you know what? I got this, bro. Like I'm going to work, I'm going to work and continue to get better. But I know, I know what I have is good enough on Sundays. And so, so I think there's a, you know, probably 16 games. Like once you kind of play a season, you kind of figure it out a little bit. Um, but it definitely takes time and the speed of the game. I, listen, at every level you go up, the defense is what separates it, right? Like offensive football stays pretty consistent. You add in, you sprinkle in, you do some stuff. But, but man, defenses, them dudes get paid a lot of money, and they're really freaking good, right? So, so I think that's the level that you have to get yourself up for is adapting to – because you may play – a guy who starts on Sunday, you may play one of those guys a year in college, maybe one. 
right? And so it's it's a difficult thing to get accustomed to when you see how they, you know, how good they all are and and, uh, and, and how smart they all are on the defensive side of the ball. How about uh, you had Albert Hainsworth, right, whenever he was balling, right, when he was with Tennessee before he went and got his $100 million or whatever? I mean, who else? Vince Wilfork, was he running too whenever we oh, were playing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Will, we had Wilfork, we had Hainsworth, man. We had Jamal Williams out there in uh, – and Charger land, we had listen. We had the dudes. We had a listen. When I was playing Ted Washington, who's about four hundred pounds and six six, like just I wouldn't even see myself on film for half of the game. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you can't see anything. It was just it was all part of it. But I had there was some, there was some great ones when I was playing and and so much fun, bro. It was uh, it was good. Hey, before I go though. Because I don't know if you're going to invite me back. I'm hoping I get invited back. Oh, absolutely, Jeff. Right. Come, yeah. on. Come on. But just in case, I can't leave without this story. Right, so so, it, so Pat comes to my house for Halloween. So my wife and I put on this Halloween spread, right? And, like, it's a big deal. Everybody costumes up. Like, I mean, Vinatieri goes full out. Full up makeup artists from Hollywood being fly, you know, flown in. Like, this is a real deal. And McAfee had just done his swim, you know, his, his best Alleged. swim competition. right? So he comes over and he's a skier. And he shows up. He's like a downhill skier. He's all he's all dudded up. So I'm, I'm getting all the guys. I'm like, hey, man, let's all take a picture. I love my teammates being here. You know, we're going to hoist the trophy because I gave a trip. My Karen and I, my wife, gave a trophy for best dressed and all that. We get in the picture and my wife drops some joke about him swimming. And dude gets butt hurt, bro. No! The party. No, that ain't it. I was on rollerblades. I was on rollerblades, dude. I was in so much pain. I was waiting for the photo to leave. No. Yeah. He, uh, he broke my heart, dude. He rolls out of the crib. He rolls out. He's like my favorite rookie, dude. He's the only guy who's talking. Like every other rookie, rookie should be seen not heard except pat right because he's bringing you the best stuff dude he's so much fun in the locker room and i love to bust i love to bust up on kickers punters you know they're like old linemen always lesser of athletes right but they get you know, they, they don't they don't get talked about you know and so then he leaves my crib dude it broke my heart so just so y'all know don't think Pat was this same cat when he was a rookie. No! <laughs> back in the day. Ah, you're a legend, Jeff. I was lucky to be there. I was lucky to be a teammate of yours. Uh, it was moments like those, by the way, that I heard like other teams don't have that type of stuff. I think that is like the immediate indicator on whether or not they're going to be a good team or not. I I've always said yeah. that, and I think it's because I got a chance to see the tail end of your guys' absolutely legendary run. Definitely come back anytime, man. Hey, Saturday's good on any day of the week for me. Oh, yeah. 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 Ladies and gentlemen, Jeff Saturday. Thank you. This week, Arby's has an important PSA for everybody to hear, even you guys in Columbus, Ohio, AJ. Oh, he's uh, muted. Uh, People are lying out here. They are clowning around when it comes. Okay, I'm not good. Continue, I'm sorry. Jesus. Why are you muted, you think? I don't know. You talk to Zeke, right? Or, or Nick. Eddie. Yeah, it's Nick. This guy. Well, no wonder you're muted, dude. Why'd you? Oh, because of what he just said? Sick of his shit. Yeah. All right. <laughs> too. Hey, you do what you got to do, but back to the PSA that does matter. Yeah. yeah. Even you stooges in Columbus, Ohio need to hear this. Hmm. People are lying out here. They're clowning around when it comes to rib sandwiches. Oh. At Arby's, you don't have to worry about getting a restructured patty into the shape of a rib. Okay. No. At Arby's... 
you feast on their new, real, country-style rib sandwich. Oh, Smoked yeah. low and slow for at least eight hours. Smoked over real hickory wood at a smokehouse in East Texas. Whoa, Whoa. Texas? Yeah, down there in East Texas. Okay. They're smoked low and slow yeah. for at least eight hours down there in a smokehouse in East Texas. Let's go. The real country style rib sandwich is whole muscle meat and it is absolutely delicious. Hold yourself to a higher standard and go get yours today. Tweet us a picture of you eating yours or you with yours with the hashtag PMS pork rib and you can win. Maybe some Arby's gift cards. What? Maybe some Arby's meat suits. What? Maybe oh. some Arby's happiness. What? You get it. Hashtag PMS pork ribs. And whenever our pork rib, whenever we say this, we mean this. We tried it yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yes. I posted on my Instagram story without knowing that Instagram was done. It ended up actually getting posted four or five hours later. And I had a bunch of people saying, what is that? That looks delicious. What is it? I'm like, no, this is not just looking delicious. It tasted fantastic. Oh, Arby's gets a lot of heat by people that never ate at Arby's, I don't think. Yeah. And maybe sometimes some of their sandwiches have looked like shit in a photo or something like that. You're going to deal with that in a sandwich game. But these country-style pork rib sandwiches, oh, unfucking believable You okay. shouldn't be able to get slow-cooked ribs from a, a oh, place like Arby's no. that's that good. You shouldn't be able to do it. Here we are. A lot of people asking, like, did the Arby's country-style rib sandwich make you... Blow the bottom out of a toilet. Nope. It did not. No, 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 it didn't. It did not. It tasted fantastic. Yeah, go get yours today. I believe this was an answer to a potential other company having a you know a rib type sandwich. Yeah, and then Arby's, we have the meats, the actual meats, forty five different types of meats or whatever the number is, and we have sandwiches. We want to make an actual one. Let's get down to East Texas and, and sample out all these ribs. They right. did yeah. Good. Hell yeah, they did good. They did good. They did good. Actually, did you get one yesterday? They sent some to the office. Did you get one? Uh, no, they didn't send them to my office, so no. I'll, I will, I'll go out and get it myself. I like to pay for it. You know, I don't need it free. That's very nice of you. I mean, we definitely had to pay for it, and we only door dashed it. It did show up at the house. They did not send it. I guess technically an Arby's at some point did send it, but we did try it. Yeah, uh-huh. delicious. It was very good. The mayo, really. Oh, yeah. Brought it home. Oh, those crispy onion strings on oh. top. Slathered in BBQ sauce. Oh. What? What? I need another. <laughs> Can't thank you enough for allowing us to penetrate your ear holes. Uh, The fact that you do, we are eternally grateful for. I'm running to a plane to get to San Jose. Tomorrow's show, I'll be live from there. AJ Hawk will be in studio. We got guests upon guests. Let's have a feel-good Friday manana. And if you enjoyed this show, be a friend, tell a friend. Ty, please play some independent music and propel these people into a beautiful, risk-free same-game parlay Thursday night football matchup between... The Rams and the Seahawks. Cheers.